Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. Let me first start by saying thank you for your condolences, your well wishes, and all of the positive energy, vibe, support, and prayers. Um, we have a lot of truth on the agenda today. Joining me to break down news of the day, none other than Kyla Frank, unpack National Student Organizing Manager, Rebel HQ contributor, should be an amazing breakdown. First story of the day, Mississippi, a Mississippi preschool has given out an award called the Monkey Award to a black preschooler. I kid you not. Let's put up the picture of Batesville Elementary School. This is in Mississippi. Batesville, Mississippi, where a teacher decided it was a good idea to give a black preschooler the monkey award. This happened on Thursday, according to WKYT News. They reported that an elementary school in Mississippi decided to do this. So this school is facing significant criticism after a black preschooler was sent home with something called the monkey award. I got some background to this. Before I get into the background, let me show you the district school board. That district school board is called the South Panola School District Board. The president is Sandra Darby, okay? Let me put up a picture of the principal of the institution in question. Her name is Amy Sutton. Now, let me give you the background. The mother, Shamikia Ellis, voiced concerns when her son brought home the monkey award for entertaining others, according to the teacher, reported Bria Bolden and Deborah Worley. Her son received other awards too, but the one comparing him to a monkey is something Miss Ellis did not expect. He was excited about the award. But he had no idea what he was holding, Ellis told WMC. It's unacceptable for me, she said. Ellis met with school district officials who told her what happened was unacceptable. They said her child's teacher did not know the history behind blacks being compared to monkeys. She said the teacher stated that she gave him the award for his energy, Ellis said. But the award does not say anything about energy. It says entertainment. Now, I'm going to call BS on this. And let me tell you why. First of all, damn it, there's not a school teacher in Mississippi who doesn't know the background of black people being compared to monkeys. As a matter of fact, it probably originated in Mississippi, okay? And if you have a teacher who doesn't know the sensitivity and the racism connected with black people being associated with monkeys, then that individual does not need to be teaching in a professional environment to children at all. But there's other evidence to signify that not only did the teacher know, but the administrators were aware that this may be problematic. It gets deeper. According to the report, school officials also claimed that they, and I quote, had a meeting before the ceremony cautioning the teachers to be sensitive about the awards given to students. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, I've been a school teacher before. 
I've engaged in many award ceremonies. I have never had a meeting with the administration before an award ceremony where the administration said, listen, you gotta be careful about these awards because some of these names may be um, offensive, never. The fact that they had this meeting is a clear indication that the school system was well aware of the racial element of this so-called monkey award. Why would you have a meeting about an award ceremony where you're warning teachers about the names of their awards? They just gave themselves away. They told them themselves, there's more. If you remember in Louisville, Kentucky last month, a teacher allegedly used the word monkey to describe another student, sparking an investigation. A story that we reported on, black student athletes were called apes and ape noises were made while they were playing in their sporting event. These things are happening across the country. Coincidence? I think not. Now here's what you want here. This is a real problem, by the way. This is a real problem inside of school systems. Racial bullying, racial insensitivity, racial aggression. Racism is real. Nobody would debate that. Have Republicans created legislation contextualized in anti-bullying legislation to say we need to stop this racism, this insensitivity happening on our school campuses? No, they want to tell you somehow that critical race theory is the absolute worst thing that can happen to K through 12 education. Once again, CRT is not even taught in K through 12 education. You have schools being shot up by mass shooters. Are they willing to create legislation to solve that problem? No, they wanna tell you that the made up boogeyman of CRT is all you have to worry about. The problem with this line of thinking is this, we elect politicians to solve problems. That's why they are there. We elect them to create policies that solve problems. What I'm presenting to you is a problem inside of our school system. What are the policymakers doing to solve these problems? And listen, Democrats are not that much better. Democrats tend to be reactionary to these issues rather than proactive. All right, we're gonna continue to follow this story, see how it develops. Um, Thoughts. Yeah, no, that teacher should definitely be fired. She basically handed that child a ministerial award. Like yeah. that is absolutely disgusting. And you made a really good point. Like the fact that they're trying to put, you know, CRT as a boogeyman when teachers should be trained and taught about racial sensitivity and the history of this country. And it also, I want people to be worried because. All those children in the audience of that award ceremony heard that teacher give that student that award, you know? And like the fact that they are banning, you know, real history, real um, lessons about race, um, that is teaching a whole generation um, how to respond to those same racial issues, you know? And so I urge uh, the followers and listeners to this program to teach their children to be aware of what's going on because this is a real huge cultural problem that's going to be rearing its ugly head in a few years. Yeah, very well said. Let me take you to Tulsa, all right? Medical professionals shot, killed, okay? 
The vice president had some words, we got an update. The killer has been identified, he shot himself in the process. But let's go to VP Harris's comments, here it is. Four innocent people lost their lives and many more were injured. We, of course, all of us hold the people of Tulsa in our hearts. But we also reaffirm our commitment to passing common sense gun safety laws. And I don't have to tell anybody in this room, but President Biden has taken more executive action to combat gun violence than any other president at this point in their administration. But we cannot, as an administration or those of us who are here, address this alone. No more excuses. Thoughts and prayers are important, but not enough. We need Congress to act. And so with that, I will um, turn to the topic at hand, but I know that we all um, feel similarly about the importance of leaders leading on issues like this. Damn Congress, let me be very clear. You don't have to wait on Congress to do something here. Now understand, at least the vice president is saying thoughts and prayers are good, but because remember the original conversation was that thoughts and prayers, I didn't elect a pastor, I elected a politician in order to change a policy. That's what my vote went for. So let's be clear about what can be done. Children are being killed, black people are being targeted. You have medical professionals now being targeted. And we still say Congress has to do something. No, let me remind you that through executive act, former President Donald Trump banned Muslims. We all disagree with that. We all said that's antithetical to the US Constitution and we were right. But he did it, he did it because executive privilege and the executive power is absolute until a judge tell you it is not. That's how it works. Now, we can sit back and allow the Biden administration and VP Harris to say things like, well, we're gonna put this all back on Congress. And yes, there is a legal methodology here, a statutory dynamic, a congressional interplay. But there's also something you can do that's outside of the box, contrary to institutional norms. Step out of the institutionalism of that presidential office and step into the current era of how they're playing politics today. Let me give you some background and an update to this story. Put up his picture, this monster decided to kill medical professionals. We now have an update, Oklahoma man who stormed the St. Francis Hospital on Wednesday has been identified. Michael Lewis, 45 years of age, shot medical professionals then himself. Lewis blamed his doctor, Preston Phillips, for pain after back surgery last month. Police recovered a letter Lewis had written detailing that he was killing Dr. Phillips and anyone who came in his way. The last gunshot, Responding officers heard as they entered the physician's building on the hospital campus is believed to be the moment that he killed himself. He killed Phillips, 59 years of age, as well as another doctor, Stephanie Husen, 48 years of age. Let's put up their pictures, right? That's tragic. These people save lives, that's what they did. Dr. Phillips was an accomplished doctor, a remarkable true gentleman, a jazz lover, had even been selected as a White House fellow before going to med school and was one of the very few black orthopedic surgeons in the country. He is survived by his wife and children. 
Houston was described by colleagues as an incredible person. Her ex-husband stated it was after her own rehabilitation from a car accident that she realized she wanted to be a medical doctor. Also killed, let's put up their pictures. You have the receptionist, Amanda Glenn, 40 years of age. William Love, 73 years of age, whose family said he was accompanying his wife to an appointment, they're dead. Glenn was one of the proudest mothers of two boys, described as a hard worker and kind soul who would do anything for you. And she is survived by her husband. Love was a retired Army First Sergeant who served in Vietnam. He reportedly sacrificed himself for his wife to help her escape. The couple would have celebrated their 55th wedding anniversary in August. Let me give you some background that led up to the shooting according to the authorities. Authorities say Phillips operated on Lewis on May 19th. The doctor operates on May 19th. Mr. Lewis was released less than a week later and called several times in the following days, complaining of pain and requesting treatment. On Tuesday, a day before the shooting, Phillips saw his patient. The next day, Lewis called again to express his discomfort, asked for additional aid, the exact nature of which police did not disclose. A couple hours before the 911 call came through reporting his armed approach toward the hospital at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. Lewis bought a 223 caliber semi-automatic rifle and went into the hospital. Also armed with a 40 caliber pistol he bought from a pawn shop on Sunday. Both weapons were purchased legally. That's according to the police chief. Authorities recovered 37 bullet casings from the scene. Okay, now here's a commonality. The most recent of these mass shootings, all of the killers obtained their weapons because of policies that we allow. We keep saying things like, we need laws to stop bad people from getting guns. The good people don't do anything. We don't need to regulate them. That's what the NRA executives will tell you. That's what Republican lawmakers will say. But here's the thing, if you are a law abiding citizen, these laws should not impact you. Universal background checks should not adversely impact you. Having common sense gun reform should not adversely impact you. We're trying to make sure we protect children, that we protect the innocent. You know, you have a right to life in this country as well. All right, uh, Kyla, thoughts here. My first and foremost thoughts go to the families and victims. Um, you know, my deepest condolences. And yes, like the culture, the gun culture, and the the easy access in which people can purchase guns is a real problem. And honestly, I don't think there's any reasoning with the Republicans. They prioritize profit over people all the time. They are sick and disgusting human beings. But with Democrats. 
I, I, I'm, I'm frustrated with them. You know, I'm frustrated with the Biden administration because if Congress is going to act, they cannot let the archaic and racist relic, the filibuster, stand in the way any longer. Yeah. Biden needs to get on his bully pulpit and do something about these um, senators who are standing in the way of real comprehensive gun reform and real progress in this country. Joe Manchin loves to say inaction is not an option, but he is taking up an action every time he stands against the progressive agenda or the Biden's administration when he when he votes to uphold the filibuster. It's absolutely disgusting, lives are being lost and we cannot wait any longer. Yeah, we gotta stop playing games. Policy equates to lives being lost, to lives being saved. Until you understand that's how dogmatically important policy mm -hmm. is, you will continue to play this political game that you see being played out in DC and other places. Okay, let me show you two extremely sick individuals. One happens to be a GOP nominee back from 2020 for the US Senate. Here it is. Okay, so of course I think about the conspiracy behind all of it. Like, okay, why? What do they gain from this besides the gun control push? Yeah. But also, Hispanics are starting to vote Republican, uh, Republican yeah. and yeah. conservative. They specifically targeted a, a school in an area that is majority yes. Hispanic. Yeah, it's yeah, essentially yeah. Mexico is what it is. Yeah. And they went specifically for a Hispanic district, uh, murdered 19 um of course, if this was like you know a false flag or yeah. he was an MK Ultra, uh, there was a reason behind this because you know they're watching as those Hispanics are starting to lean more conservative. Yes, and these yeah. people are crazy. Midterms are coming up, and there's no limit to how far they'll go. Oh, there's sure, no sure. limit to how far they'll go to change the public narrative um, on things. And you know, so I think there was it was multifaceted. Of course, it was a federal operation in court in order to implement gun control. Now even the GOP is fighting for it. Oh, sure, Fox sure. News yeah. is calling for it. Not one in. Do not give them one inch because they'll take the whole thing. It is a warning now, and I know it's very sad, and I know it's awful, but also, like, all this stuff is organized and operated. That's a sick ass white woman. Put up a picture. Lauren Witzke, Delaware's GOP US Senate nominee from 2020, said this about the Uvalde killing of 19 children and members of the faculty. That's what she said. She says this was an operation by the federal government to simply make Hispanics who are voting Republican afraid to vote and it was set up by the federal government in order to create gun control legislation in America. This is a far right political activist. However, she has significant mainstream support. She is anti LGBTQ and she promotes QAnon. Now, let me tell you why I bring this sick individual to your attention as well as the person who was with her, both of them are sick as hell. This is a national tragedy, right? Children being shot, children being killed. We all should agree, this is tragic. This individual actually has Republican support. She has Republican endorsers. She has significant Republican connections. 
Do you think any Republican is going to come out against her and say, listen here, Lauren Witzke, our party has no place for your rhetoric. What major leader is going to say this against her? Do you think McConnell will? How about Donald Trump? Maybe Matt Gates? Anybody? Lindsey Graham? Tim Scott? No one. Not one of them will speak up for children when somebody in their own tribe is willing to say something this egregious and irresponsible. Those children are dead. Those family members are grieving. Those are real funerals being held every day. And this person gets a platform to spew this kind of evil hatred. And no one in her own party has the backbone to challenge her. This is the state of the conservative movement in the United States of America. Kyla, thoughts on this? You can really see the depravity of this individual. The fact that she has an image of the, the shooter in the background with different effects on it. The fact that she put forth this insane conspiracy theory instead of looking at the situation for what it was. Children have died because of policy enacted by the right of, the, of this country. Like This woman is completely sick and you're absolutely correct. The fact that the party will not stand against her shows us what kind of people they really are. They don't get they don't care. They think this is a joke. They think this is a game. And as long as they can profit from it, they will continue to let these kind of things happen and continue to put forth these insane conspiracy theories in order to distract from the real issues that this country is facing. That's right. They have mastered three D's, dub, dodge, deny, and deflect. You have to remember mm-hmm. over 90% of Americans are for universal background checks. The vast majority of NRA members are for universal background checks. They can't even get that part right on the Republican side because they are beholding not to the majority of Americans, not even to the majority of the members of the NRA, but to the majority of the money connected to gun manufacturers in this country. And I have to say this, if you are against universal background checks for gun ownership in this country, that means you want people who should not have guns to have them. That's what that means. That's all that means. If, for example, if you were against people having a license to drive, that means you are okay with unlicensed drivers. This, this is not rocket science. If you do not want criminal background checks for gun ownership, you want criminals to own guns, period. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Uh, before I go to these amazing comments and some updates, um, Kyla Frank, congratulations because your organization now is looking to hire some people throughout the country. So tell us about that. Most definitely. So for those who remember, I am a national organizing manager at an organization called Unpack. We employ students and young people to fight to fix our broken democracy. We understand that the biggest barrier to having a functional democracy is dark money in our politics. So we're hiring across five states, Wisconsin, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Florida. If you're a college student, I encourage you to check out our website and apply. Participants in our program will learn about the history of campaign finance, voting rights, and lobbying. We'll be studying past social movements, and you'll gain the viable, transferable, lifelong organizing skills you'll need to protect and strengthen our democracy. Uh, This is why you are my leader, 
All right, <laughs> I appreciate all that you do, okay? Very much so a supporter. Um, let me remind everybody, uh, we have a primary coming up on the 7th. Um, progressives and the establishment will go ahead. We'll go head to head in another round of primary elections on Tuesday, June 7th. Tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time to catch Jank, John, Ida Rodriguez, J.R. Jackson, Jessica Burbank, and more to break down the races and results. We also got TYT's on Michael Shore. That's in California. We have um, Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, and South Dakota on the agenda as well. So make sure you tune in. You can watch tyt.com forward slash live. YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, or catch us on the linear cable stations, okay? All right, let me read some of these amazing comments. Uh, Just Be Anti-Racist says, welcome back, Dr. Richie. While we love Adrian, we really did miss you. Somehow, when anyone says, when anyone else says, I wish a Karen would, it's just not the same as when you say it in your own unique way. Well, thank you. All right, make see the silver hat dragon. And let me say a big thank you to Adrian. Adrian did a remarkable job and it was really, um, it was short notice, all right? It was short notice and she made heaven and earth move in order to accommodate the schedule. So big ups to our dear sister Adrian for uh, doing that for us, did a remarkable job. Mickey see the silver hat dragon, yet another prime example of why actual history needs to be taught from first grade on. It's not difficult to teach the facts of an age in an age appropriate manner. That's right, that is correct. Forbzilla. Doc, we all missed you, all of us are here for you. Feel free to take as much time as you need. We love your truth, but self care is important. And thank you so much for that, I feel that love. Um, Donald James X, welcome back Doc, thank you. I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're gonna feel free, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Any program that the city pays. Karenicity and espresso is a hell of a combination. I have tried to get to the bottom of this. I don't know exactly what this was all about. But obviously, this particular Karen was upset at a Starbucks. Now, this Starbucks happened to be full of anti-Karens. If you notice at the end, everybody was an anti-Karen. But here's one of the most iconic moments. Let's put up the picture of the Starbucks employee. Okay, do you see the look of the Starbucks employee with the smile on her face? Unbothered. That is the look of someone who just received employee of the month, okay? Karenicity does not impact her. All right. Honestly, I, I had a really hard time like understanding what that woman was trying to scream. Like she looked 
completely ridiculous, like a, an oversized toddler. I'm glad that the bar, uh, the um, Starbucks uh, barista was smiling in her face, laughing at her because she was completely ridiculous. I'm glad that she got laughed out of that uh, the Starbucks. And I'm, I'm just like, of all the Karen uh, videos we see on the internet, these Karens still don't know what time it is. Like, I know. You know, it's ridiculous to me, but I think that the favorite, my favorite part about these Karen segments, Dr. Richie, is seeing your expression behind the scenes. Hey, y'all, it's it's so awesome. <laughs> so that's why I come back every time. Let me tell you, it's so interesting because when I saw this video and I looked at the comments, the first comment was, "She's going to end up on Dr. Richie's show." <laughs> that was literally the comment that popped up to the front, mm-hmm. which was accurate. That was absolutely correct. Okay, so I. Ju- Listen, our mission is moving forward, all right? We provide a mirror for reflection and correction. A very sad story, Chicago cops, they shoot a seventh grader in the back. Seventh grader, 13 years of age, no weapon, no threat to law enforcement. Last week, the family of this 13 year old filed a federal lawsuit. Let's put up a picture of the mother. This is such a sad story. So last week, the family of a 13 year old who was shot in the back by Chicago PD filed a federal lawsuit accusing the officer of needlessly shooting the unarmed teen in the back during a foot chase, okay? The lawsuit was filed in US District Court on behalf of Sierra Corbett, the teen's mother. Ms. Corbett addressed reporters outside the hospital. Her son is admitted at saying, and I quote, it's crazy because they had no reason to shoot my child. He complied with them and all they had to do was grab him. All I want is justice for my baby, that's all I want. The child may never walk again, according to Ms. Corbett. She recalled her son's love for sports and riding bikes. Let me give you some background. The lawsuit lists the city and the unidentified officer who fired the shot as defendants. And alleged the shooting was a direct result of the city's failed implementation of a new policing or policy governing inherently dangerous foot pursuits. The teen who is black and in the seventh grade is identified only by his initials because he's a juvenile, AG. The lawsuit stated that AG is currently lying in Stroger Cook County Hospital with a bullet still lodged in his body after being shot in the back by a police officer on May 18th. Authorities said the 13 year old possibly was linked to a carjacking, that is not conclusive, okay? And that he was shot and seriously wounded as he ran from police officers in the South Austin neighborhood. Now I wanna remind everybody of something. They have not concluded that this child was involved in the carjacking. That's number one, put that on the shelf. Even if they did conclude he may have been part of a carjacking, he was running away and unarmed. That does not give law enforcement the right to shoot you in the back. There is absolutely no question that he presented no, I mean no threat to law enforcement or anyone around him. He was unarmed, no gun was recovered, nor was he ever seen with any weapon whatsoever. Forensics are clear, he was shot in the back. Now remember, he could be dead right now. For those of you who may push back and say, Well, Doc, he should not have been stealing cars. Number one, not conclusive. Number two, you have a right to due process in this country. Number three, you're innocent until proven guilty. Number four, you want someone to do that to your child? 
Mm-hmm. I've been a juvenile delinquent. I know what it's like to create mischief and run from the police. Do you want a country where the police now are allowed without penalty to simply shoot unarmed teenagers in the back while they're running away? And according to the report, it seems like this teenager actually stopped to comply and was then shot at that time. Let me give you some more. The Chicago Police Department issued a statement in the wake of the shooting saying, and I quote, the officer involved in the shooting Wednesday night in the Austin neighborhood has been relieved of police powers effective today. While the civilian office of police accountability is conducting this investigation, okay? Let's go to the civil rights attorney, Andrew Stroth, civil rights attorney and managing director of Action Injury Law Group. Strauss said all Ms. Corbett is asking for is full transparency. And one week after the shooting, those representing Corbett and her son don't know everything that happened. They don't, they have not been given the information and they have a right to it. Strauss and his legal team have spoken, put up his picture again to COPA and were expected to have Watch the video evidence this week. He added, Ms. Corbett wants the video to be released to the public. Okay, good for him, good for the mother. Uh, This is a sad situation of a 13 year old shot in the back. And we have become desensitized to these things. This is a child who has been shot in the back for an alleged crime that they can't even conclude he actually was involved in. And even if they did conclude it, he still, should not have been shot, period, period. In addition to alleging a civil rights violation, the suit claims the city has allowed police officers to routinely use excessive force, including deadly force disproportionately against minors. This is not the first time we've talked about Chicago PD being involved in the killing of a young black male. We have multiple stories we've covered right here on Indisputable. And multiple cover-ups as well. Uh, let's go to the superintendent of police. Who is he? His name is David Brown. Okay. During a brief news conference, Brown said after AG fled on foot, the child turned towards officers and was shot once. Is that illegal? Is that illegal? He turned toward officers. Okay. He turned toward officers based on the narrative. To comply, he was running, he stopped, he turned around, and in the process of turning around, he gets shot. Uh, the child was unarmed, authorities said, okay? No gun recovered, according to the police. Brown did not say whether the child did or did not have a gun when he was wounded in the lot at a nearby gas station. No shots were fired at officers, Brown said. He declined to say how many police fired at the child. Let's go to Stephen Hart, another attorney on the case. Hart said Brown had no business casting aspersions to a 13 year old child to justify this shooting, especially without any proof of formal charges. All right, see, okay. Where's the cop or cops that did this? Oh, they're hiding them. They're hiding the cops that did it. The cops work for the public. 
okay? They work for us. 100% of their money comes from people, comes from tax dollars. They are accountable to you. I'm gonna say this to the good people of Chicago. Your police force is out of damn control, okay? We've covered multiple stories here on Indisputable about not only cover-ups, but also planning evidence. There's one particular cop who was so egregious, they now have to go back years and unravel cases that he was involved in. However, it was well known within the department that this individual planted evidence and set people up. And he was allowed to get promotion after promotion after promotion. He was a black male setting up other black men in particular. Now at some point, Chicago has to answer for this. And I don't just mean the cops, the political class and those who elect them. Because the political class, those are the ones who keep police departments like this protected. All right, Kyla, thoughts here. This just also makes me more frustrated about the Democratic Party. Because as much as they say that they understand that the the problem with guns in this country is like intersected with like white supremacy and the the violent the um tendency to punish with violence and the gun culture in this in this country, um, that's also present in our police institutions. Like, you know, starting in 2020, the leading cause of death for children was gun violence. And so it's, it's, it's sickening to me to see that, you know, these officers are being protected by this force. But it's not surprising because that's what they always do, you know, protect their brothers in blue no matter how wrong they do. And so um, I also want this country, as we begin to discuss, you know, how we're going to tackle this gun problem, that we also include police institutions within that discussion because they are harming black and brown bodies and children the most. And that also makes me think like, because it's harming black and brown people the most, that discussion is, that's why it's not added in the discussion about overall gun violence. Well said, and remember, we allowed them to play a trick on us by making us believe that policing and public safety were the same thing. Mm -hmm. Public safety is your ultimate goal. Policing is one methodology to get there. But I wanna ask this question to everybody who will see this segment. Would you rather have a 13 year old attempt to steal a car, okay? We don't even know if he did it, but this is a hypothetical. Would you rather have a society where a 13 year old attempted to steal a car and got arrested for it with the juvenile? Or do you prefer a society where that 13 year old is shot in the back? Which one? You have to make that decision, right? Because right now, if we don't hold cops accountable for their murderous actions against civilians, this is what you should expect in your community soon. Don't think Chicago was just some far distant land, remember, What happens at one institution can easily happen at another. You do not allow this to permeate in our societal construct. Okay, an egregious story. All right, coming up next, we got more, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we still got a lot of show left. Let me read a few of these comments. Lynn says that Karen had venti anger. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go to Tyler Hackner. Love you and your endless pursuit for truth. Thank you, Tyler. And you have that same endless pursuit. That's why you watch the show. 
uh, C. Michael Henson, Starbucks Karen. Someone tell Starbucks Starbucks Karen to remove her headphones. She's loud. <laughs> uh, Cyber Gothica, she should go death metal and make some money on drums and screams. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> All right, there you go. Um, Prince of Judah 79 talking about the seventh grader who was shot. Running away gets a shot, but no killing of active shooters. Yeah. Um, Twitch, calm like a bomb. When I was at Jack in the Box, I had to threaten to slap a Karen with my spatula if they didn't cut cut the BS. <laughs> we don't condone violence even against Karenicity. I understand the sentiment though. All right, Groove Dragon. Chicago cops are going for the worst in the nation award and are way in the lead. Yeah, for sure. All right, okay. Very egregious, all right? A man decides to kill someone because of duck sauce. All right, I kid you not. Um, Let's put up the picture full throttle. Okay, let me give you some background to this. A man from Queens has been arrested and charged with murder for gunning down a food delivery worker on the job. His name is Glenn Hirsch, that's the man you see right there. Glenn Hirsch was charged with murder and criminal possession of a weapon. Security video captured Hirsch circling the block around the restaurant before following the victim before shooting him to death. Let's put up a picture of the victim. This is so sad. Jaiwen Yan, a 45 year old father of three was the victim. He was working, okay, hardworking young man. He was a delivery driver for Great Wall Chinese restaurant and was a beloved member of his local community. Now, according to the narrative, the motive for the murder was this. The restaurant's manager, Kai Yang, told the Daily News that he first clashed with the suspect in November when Hirsch picked up an order of Chinese food and grabbed all the duck sauce from the self-serve station, all of it. Who in the hell does that anyway, okay? Then later returned to complain about the lack of duck sauce. Mm-hmm. Hirsch was denied a refund. The feud escalated in the ensuing days when Hirsch menaced Yang with a gun, damaged locks in the restaurant, slashed Yang's tires, causing a physical confrontation between the two. <clears throat> when Yang notified police, they traced the license plate and found he has a sealed criminal history, which involved 10 arrests. One of which a police source says involved robbery with a gun. Hirsch is not a licensed gun owner. Though eight guns were found in his estranged wife's home where he fled after the shooting. Hirsch could face up to life in prison if convicted. He's due back in court on June 7th. We're going to follow this. Now, here's what Here's what I don't understand, and we're trying to get more information about this as the story develops. Um, if he had that many arrests, how was his entire criminal history sealed? Typically, a sealed criminal history is allocated based on one arrest, maybe two arrests. But it looks as if his entire criminal history had been sealed. This is not normative. As I said before, it's usually a particular offense, but 10, maybe even more, were sealed based on the narrative. 
he is facing justice at the moment. Unfortunately, this escalated to where somebody is now dead. An entire community has been devastated. But I need to know why this cat was able to remain free as he was and menace this community and menace this restaurant as he did. All right, Kyla, thoughts here. Yeah, no, that man was completely out of pocket and out of line. Yeah. I hope that justice is served for the family of Mr. Han. And it's just, I want to know how he got these guns, you know? Like, typically, you know, the right would say, oh, he probably got them illegally. But with how our country is set up, he could have easily crossed state lines and got those guns without needing anything. And so, um, without any background checks, you know, without having to provide, you know, uh, documentation. And so, yeah, like I, I'm definitely wondering where those guns came from, why his record was, was sealed. Something just is just not right there. Yeah, I agree 100%. Sixteen-year-old, sixteen-year-old has been arrested for recruiting other students to carry out a mass shooting at a school in California. Let's put up the picture of the school is Berkeley County, a Berkeley High School. The sixteen-year-old was arrested after police learned he was recruiting students to carry out a mass shooting at this high school in California. On May 21st, police received a tip of the teen's alleged plot targeting the school, which also included a possible bombing. The police obtained a search warrant for his home. What did they find? The search warrant turned up parts to explosives and assault rifles, as well as several knives and electronic items that could be used to create weapons. Authorities also prepared a mental health response through the city's mobile crisis team to evaluate the team. He turned himself in on Monday, police said. He was arrested on suspicion of possessing destructive device materials and threatening to commit a crime which will result in death or great bodily injury. The Alameda County DA's office declined CNN's request to comment because the individual is an arrested juvenile. All right, a Berkeley Unified School District Superintendent Brent Stevens, let's put his picture up. Stevens spoke on the incident in a letter to the school community and said, speaking up in this instance allowed for the police to intervene in advance of any harm occurring. Additionally, he said the school had been in contact with the police department since the onset of the investigation, um, which is ongoing, okay? Now, remember, they found this inside of the teen's home. Do you think the teen lived by himself or with parents or a parent? He lived with a parent, okay? So that means somehow he got access to all of this weaponry, explosive devices, electronic devices that can be turned into weapons. He had all of this inside of his home that he doesn't own, right? What's happening in this country is this, we can talk about policy all day and policy is the right discussion because policy is how you curb some of the access to these weapons. But you can't talk about policy without talking about culture. America has a fascination with violence. America has a fascination with guns. Those fascinations, they collide on a regular basis in this nation. And until we address the fact 
that the DNA of this country is rooted in violence. Until we address the reality that the start of our nation was rooted in bloodshed, we will never be able to remedy the equation we have today. The equation is exactly what you see. You see mass killers, you see young murderers, and you see individuals willing to adopt the narrative of this country and simply kill individuals they disagree with. All right, Kyla, thoughts here. Um, it's again very like hard to read these stories all the time because if it's happening there, it's probably happening in other places around That's the right. country. And when we speak about this culture too, um, a lot of this culture is um, present in these online forums like 4chan and like the, the chats of Discord servers. A, a lot of those are you know direct pathways that young is particularly young white males are you know dragged to this rabbit hole of white supremacy of violence and are also given instructions and talk about how to procure weapons and perform mass shootings and so if we're going to be talking about tackling this problem we also need to figure out where and where where these you know conversations are happening and what spaces these you know conversations are occurring and target those places you know like Parents need to be hyper aware of where their you know, children are going online, especially the parents of young white men. Yeah, well said, that's what the problem is. That's what you gotta target. Sister, always a pleasure having you on Indisputable. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Most definitely, so y'all know my Twitter and Instagram is Miss Law underscore K1. Um, also check us out on at Let's Unpack on Twitter. L-E-T-S-U-N-P-A-C and on Instagram, U-N underscore P-A-C. Until next time, thank you, my dear sister. Thank you, Dr. Richie.